Hey everybody, let me be another person to welcome you to Young Adults Today Conference. My name is Josh and I serve as the lead pastor at Evangel Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. And man, I just want to first of all say congratulations, way to go, because even by tuning into a virtual conference and being committed, you're taking a step forward. Uh, in who God has created you to be, who he's called you to lead, what he's called you to do. And so thanks for being committed. Thanks for being a part uh, of this conference. want to give a shout out to my friends Josiah and Micah and to everybody else on the team who made this happen. Uh, man, I, I love it when people take the giftedness that they have, the connections that they have, and they leverage those things to bring people together and to see the kingdom of God move forward. And so I couldn't be more excited about what God is doing uh, through Young Adults today and also just what I feel like God is doing across the world in the lives of young adults, but also in, in the lives of people in the global church. And I just think we live in incredible times and certainly there's difficulty, but God is doing incredible things. And to those who are available to him, who open up their hands and say, Come Holy Spirit, do everything that you want to do in my life. Um, it's really, uh, there's no telling what God can do through a right heart, a right spirit, and somebody who's willing to remain humble and just be obedient to Him as they pursue all that God has for their lives. And so, man, thank you for joining us. Uh, I love young adults. I started out in as a youth pastor and then became a young adults pastor for a couple of years and saw incredible things happen uh, in our church before stepping into uh, the role of lead pastor, and uh, now I serve at a great church uh, in Bismarck, North Dakota, and uh, I'm 35 years old, which basically makes me almost an expert on young adults. I'm kidding, uh, but I, I've, I've, I've led it. I've been one. I'm in the next season now of raising a young family and leading a church, and I'm excited to speak into your lives and to just kind of give you some things that I'm learning and that our church is experiencing right now as we continue to uh, to move forward. And so I love, I think it was maybe Levi Lesko who said uh, about young adults, we're calling out an under-challenged generation of young adults to tap their full potential and change the world. And I know those statements can feel like these grandiose kind of calling statements, but the reality is that Jesus used young adults to change the world. I mean, an angel visited teenager Mary and uh, the Savior was born through her. Jesus called disciples who were young adults or even teenagers. And uh, throughout Scripture, you see God called Josiah and young leaders to do profound things. And uh, I don't think that God just says, hey, because you're young, I'm going to use you. But I think God is looking for people with a sense of godliness. He's looking for people with a sense of humility. He's looking for young people who will give him their yes and when he sees that combination, I think it's a, a vessel that God can't resist using. When we come to him with humility and with a willingness to be obedient to whatever he calls us to do, when we're committed to serving Christ, God sees that as a vessel, really, uh, that he can use in a powerful way. And so I want to encourage you to, uh, to engage in what God is calling you to do. I'm going to give you some thoughts today about how uh, we're engaging the next generation and how you can engage your peers, or maybe if you're a leader of young adults, how you can engage the next generation in your church or your Chi Alpha ministry or your college group, whatever it is that you're leading, uh, how you can engage the next generation. I think the next generation is so important because if we don't hand off not only the church, but if we don't hand off the word of God to the next generation, then you really lose uh, the power of the church in one generation. We have a mandate 
to take the baton of God's word that's been planted in our lives, uh, the goodness of God that we've experienced, the testimonies of God's faithfulness, and hand it off to the generation coming after us, whether that's uh, young adults in our church, young adults that we lead, or our kids. Uh, it's one of the mandates that we have to pass on the work of God and the goodness of God uh, to the next generation. So I think this is like the most important conversation that local churches need to have about how do we honor what God has done in the past, but also become future-minded and look to what God wants to do in future generations and what he is currently doing in the next generation. And um, I know it's kind of a cliche line, but the, the truth is, especially when you talk about young adults, they're not the next generation, they're the now generation. And I'm going to talk about that, the need to empower and to give ownership to the young adults that are in your church or the young adults that are surrounding you or on your college campuses uh, today. Let me just give you a few more thoughts for a moment about uh, living the season of life of young adulthood. And I know that that can be somebody who's fresh out of high school. That can be somebody who's early career or in college or uh, just got married. And, and young adults is challenging because there's so many of seasons of life that are, are touched uh, in between the years of 18 and 30, however high you want to go with that number. There's so many major life decisions uh, that are made. And that's another reason why it's so important for us to take the youth in our churches and help them make the transition into adulthood well, because it's in college and in the young adult years that so many young adults are deciding who their master is going to be, what their mission or their career is going to be, and who their mate is going to be. And those key decisions really shape the rest of your life. They're commitments to education, commitments to another person that are going to shape the journey uh, for decades going forward. And so it's such a crucial uh, season and moment in the lives of the young adults around us. And uh, I think there's a lot of things that we can do to help uh, with those seasons. Every one of us is in a season. If you're a young adult watching, you're in a season. And uh, I like to think about our 20s as, you know, many of us want to just get after it and be really good at what we do and jump to the forefront. And yeah, there's successful people in their 20s, but I also, maybe that's not you, and I want to give you permission today to be in a season of just kind of honing in on your gift and your giftedness. And trying to figure out what it is that God has called you to do and exploring that and exploring how has God uniquely gifted me for his kingdom. I believe firmly that uh, every one of us, that God has written a purpose, a destiny, if you will, over our lives about what he's called us to do. And the greatest adventure of human existence is meeting Jesus and discovering what that purpose is, discovering what it is that uh, he has in his will and in, in his work for us to do. And so enjoy that journey. Enjoy that time of discovering and asking the Holy Spirit, asking God, what are you doing in me? What have you created me to be? What are the things that God's aligning in my life to send me a direction uh, that he wants me to go? And I, I think about my life. I never wanted to be a pastor. All I knew about a pastor growing up is that my pastor wasn't allowed to watch TV or he didn't allow his kids to. And I was like, I never want to have that job. <laughs> But then I, I watched through the seasons and the times of my life where God really started to hone in on who I was and what my giftedness was. And it became evident that serving people by pastoring them and leading them, that there was really nothing else uh, I, I could give my life to. And there was honestly one time in my life that I thought about walking away and a mentor sat down with me and he said, you will be betraying your very DNA if you walk away from this. It's who you are. It's who God has created you to be. And he's right. And it was true. 
Uh, so take time to develop and be in a season of development and be okay with that if you're a young adult discovering who you are and who God has called you to be. Uh, discover it, develop it, and, and then there will come a moment, there will come a time to really deploy that giftedness and to not just hone in on your gift but to own it. And you could become an expert in your field. You could become well known for uh, the giftedness that God has given you. But I would also just encourage you not to rush that. To not be the person who's trying to outpace your peers, trying to make a name for yourself. It's so tempting these days to, um, to try to get your name out there and try to build a platform for yourself and try to be relevant. And there's great compromise in the church at times because we, we try to run that race or that competition, but I've just found in my life that when I continue to be obedient to the Lord and humble myself before the Lord, that God truly does exalt the humble and that God has a way of moving us into the places and the spaces that he has for us when we maintain a right heart and a right spirit and a spirit of humility, uh, that God still sees David, the shepherd boy, out in the field and says, that's my king. He's not lobbying for the job. He maybe doesn't even want it. Uh, but that's my king. And God goes out, sends out the prophet to find you, and he pulls you out of the field into the throne room. And I think God still calls young adults that way today. And so if there's one lesson I could give you from my life, if I've arrived or accomplished anything, it's not because I lobbied for it. It's not because I tried to make a name for myself. It's because I opened up my hands, opened up my heart with a spirit of humility and obedience and said, God, wherever you lead me, I will follow. And try to maintain that humility and leadership as well. I think that's God's way of advancing people in his kingdom. We find in Jesus' life that he was faithful in every season. The, the Bible says in John 2.52 that Jesus, in Luke 2.52, sorry, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with all the people. That he was faithful in every season and he grew in wisdom and he grew in stature and in favor with people. We know that he was faithful as a boy. We know Jesus was faithful in the lost years. All we really know about his life uh, in those teenage years, those early teenage years, is that he spent time in the temple uh, talking about God's word in the synagogue, speaking about God's word. Uh, and this is kind of like our teenage years. We're discovering who we are. And, um, and some of us look back and think, can I redo that, please, <laughs> with a little more maturity? But Jesus was faithful, even in the last years. He was faithful when he began his public ministry. Uh, he was faithful all the way to the cross at the completion of his public ministry. And today he's faithful, seated at the right hand of the Father, mediating a relationship between God and his people. And uh, man, just be faithful in every season that God has for you. Be faithful in everything that he calls you to do. And, uh, and you'll look back on your life and you'll say, hey, God fulfilled his purpose for me and his purpose in me. Uh, I just believe that if you'll be faithful with your season, whatever it is today, that God is going to give you favor beyond reason. That if you're faithful with every season, God will give you favor in your season beyond reason, beyond your understanding. He's going to be so good to you, so faithful to you, so helpful to you um, that you're going you're gonna to give him glory because of how good he's been. Let me just give you a few thoughts today about how to engage the next generation, how uh, I do it as a leader, how we do it as a church, and I think I've kind of established the importance of young adults, the importance of the next generation, handing off the word of God to them, the importance of ownership for young adults in the local church, uh, and in whatever movement it is that you're leading. And uh, Jesus called 12 young men, God chose Mary, Josiah was but a boy. Uh, but one of the, the key ways to engage young adults 
is through community. And uh, maybe that sounds very obvious to you, but we do a lot of activities, we do a lot of events, even our church, we do a lot of different things, but there's no replacement for putting people in community, especially coming out of 2020, uh, a time when the world was scattered and disconnected and all of our community came through digital platforms or online or Zoom calls. Uh, we now more than ever can be catalysts for community. We can create community uh, with people that are in our lives. And there's something special about community. There was a dynamic between Jesus and the 12. There was, uh, you know, we've had a young adult ministry at our church for several years. And uh, that young adult ministry uh, met every week. And then at different times it met every month. And recently we made a major transition and said, uh, we're going to change our approach. We're not going to do a weekly gathering uh, any longer. And, and you could say, man, that must have left a, a hole of community that had to be filled. And what we did is we transitioned uh, to uh, an alpha course style of young adult ministry. And there's a couple of reasons that we did that, which I think are key to reaching young adults today. Number one is you can gather people in a service and not give them community. They can come in alone, sit alone, leave alone. <laughs> And, uh, but when you do uh, a, a connect group or a small group or when you do an alpha course, you put people around a table together, they share a meal together, they experience a teaching together, and then they share from their heart together. And that establishes connection and it establishes community. And I think that we need to think seriously about the next generation and not about doing cool any longer, but about doing community better. No longer, I think cool is out and connected is in. And so how in our, in our ministry, how in our relationships with one another, do we not just uh, create time, but how do we actually create connectedness? More than ever, people are desperate for connectedness. Social media is not connectedness. Uh, a Zoom call is not connectedness. We, we need to relearn the art of relationship and how to be connected to one another. Because that, at the end of the day, uh, most of the problems that we experience as humans are aloneness problems. That we don't feel connected to other people. We feel alone. And we lash out in our feeling alone. And we need to learn and recapture the art of being connected uh, to one another. And so I think this is something you have to call out in people. I think it's something that you have to call out in your relationships. I think you need to look at people that are good friends and say, hey, we need to be best friends. And you need to ask people for connection, ask them for deeper relationship. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's really, really important to establish community uh, in our lives and in our churches through genuine connection. And so every leader, every young adult could sit down and think for a while about who do I need to be connected to? And how can I create connection in the world around me? I think the need for community through connection is really important in engaging young adults. Uh, I also think uh, caring for people. And part of this is connection. If, if you're in a community with people and you all just show up uh, to the same place every week, but you don't really know each other, you're not connected, you're not going to care for that person the way that you should. But if we actually build connection with one another, it creates a culture of caring for one another. I mean, even if you're a church leader, I, I think two of the things we have to do better, uh, three of them, is community engagement. Uh, we have to do discipleship better, and we have to care for people. Pastoral care uh, has to be done better. Why? Because uh, the world is getting larger and larger. There's more and more voices, and we need to create genuine connection with people. So it's important for us to uh, consider how we can care for one another. A huge part of this right now in our world and in the next generation is, as a church, 
being open and committed to mental health. Just knowing there's a lot of people who had a really tough mental year last year. Uh, a lot of people who are uh, being raised on social media and now are having to navigate mental health issues and uh, emotional health issues. And the church has to have a voice in that. Uh, it can't just be pray about it. It can't just be uh, the Holy Spirit needs to fix it. We need to come around one another. We need to be committed to mental health uh, in our communities. We need to be committed to mental health in our churches and even committed to mental health uh, in our own lives. And I, I don't say this in theory. I The first three years of leading this church was a lonely journey for me. Uh, I remember sitting in my office one day looking out at all the cars in the parking lot and thinking, I wonder if it would be easier to be in their chair rather than to be in mine. And uh, I didn't have a bad job. There weren't bad people around me, but I had an aloneness problem. And, uh, and it led me down a journey of feeling like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And a real time of difficulty for me that led to a difficulty in my family and having to figure out how to navigate my way out of that dark season. And it was really uh, a mental health struggle. And it took counseling. It took putting good people around me. It took going back to the Word of God and journaling and discovering what was going on within me, giving order to it, and then moving forward with my life for me to move forward. And there's just thousands of people that are struggling in that way. And the church, uh, we need to lay hold of that. And we need to embrace people as they battle through uh, mental health, as they battle through uh, feelings of comparison, what social media has has done to them. And social media can be a great thing, um, but for so many young adults, it's just a source of comparison and a source of hurt and a source of pain. And we have to be committed to caring for one another, uh, to move past some of the vices uh, that we have in the day and age that we live in. And so you can't do young, young adult ministry uh, and be unavailable. We have to be available, we have to be connected, and we have to care for one another. Let me give you another one. The, there's a need, if you want to capture the heart of the next generation, there's a need for missional service. And I love this. I love what our church has done. Uh, I know many churches that do missions a certain way, and they've always done it that way. And when we started, we said, let's do missions in our community, not just overseas. Let's do missions in a way that mobilizes people to help out with an actual need in their own backyard. Let's not just shotgun missions and hope that we hit some good stuff. Let's really rifle in, focus in, on some some projects that matter and make a huge difference and let's go all in and so um, there's some great stuff happening we we partnered with some friends uh, who are about my age who started something called Les Bois La Vie in Haiti to feed Haitian kids and to educate them to give them an opportunity to play soccer so that they might have a better future and our young adults have rallied around it our young adults have rallied around what what we call City Reach where we go into our own community and uh, we give kids haircuts or help them with back-to-school bashes or we paint or we fix up buildings. And uh, I can't tell you how the young adult community comes alive when they say, I don't want to just be in my community. I want to be somebody who's for my community. I want my community to look at my church or look at my young adult group and say, those people are for me. They, we don't just exist in the same space. They are for us. And we need to engage the next generation in missional service. What has transformed the world and the gospel around the world more than anything else is when there's a move of God in young adults to do missions. I mean, if you look at the history, especially in the United States of the church, 
every major move is either preceded by or followed by young adults being mobilized to go to the nations, to go to their communities, to tell people about Jesus. And if you really want to, and some things never change, right? We can all teach all these new theories about how to, how to reach young adults. And uh, some things never change. And one of those is the heart of young adults to change their world, to make their world better. And I think the church can lay hold of that and mobilize young adults to make a difference uh, in their communities and all over the world. So I would encourage you to look at your community, look at the leaders uh, of your community, talk to them and identify where you can make a difference and then mobilize young people to go and to be the solution that maybe somebody else has been waiting for. Mobilize young adults to be the church, not just to attend the church, to, uh, to be Christ and not just worship Christ uh, in a service or a gathering, to go and be Christ uh, to their community. Let me give you one more thought, uh, and it's this. And our church has embraced this wholeheartedly, that we need uh, consistent discipleship. That we don't need to make converts, we need to make disciples. And it's way harder to make a disciple than it is to just have somebody accept Christ or to lead somebody to Jesus, because discipleship takes commitment. It takes going on the journey uh, with people. And so I think if you're a leader of young adults, uh, you're not called to bring people around you to serve your needs. You are called to raise people up, empower them, and release them into ministry. Uh, that's that's the calling of the gospel. And it's discipleship. And one of the passions of my heart is to see people my age speak into the lives of people in uh, one stage of life behind me. To see people who are 80 speak into the lives of people who are one stage behind them. To see teenagers speak into the lives of people uh, who are one stage behind them, kids who are one stage behind them. And really it's this embracing, and I think the, this is the seeds of true revival or spiritual awakening in our nation. It's people coming along and saying, you know what, I'm not just a part of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of God and now I'm a spiritual father, a spiritual mother in God's kingdom to somebody who's coming up after me. And uh, if you're a young adult watching, one of the best contributions you can make to the kingdom of God is to grab a hold of a teenager or a kid and, and speak into their life and help them through the season that you just walked through. If you're a young adult leader, one of the best contributions that you can make is speaking into the lives of young adults and teaching them how to walk through the difficulties, not just preaching at them, not just giving them good leadership thoughts, but really saying, hey, I'm going to spiritually father or mother you into the next season uh, of your life. I'm going to love you like a spiritual father. I'm going to affirm you like a spiritual father or mother. Uh, I'm going to establish a sense of God's identity in you. I'm going to take ownership for your discipleship. But I believe this is truly transformational stuff. And man, one of the people that I'm the most proud of is our, our youth pastor at our church. Um, and what I love about what he does, and I think it's so unconventional, is I really view him as the facilitator of our youth ministry because our youth ministry is not led by a pastor, it's led by students. It's led by youth. And he is the facilitator of God using them to teach, to plan events, to reach their friends, to lead worship. And he views his role as giving them ownership and empowering them. And man, it's dynamic and it's powerful and it's discipleship. And those kids are not going to leave their faith. Uh, they're going to follow Jesus faithfully. And so uh, discipleship, uh, spiritual fathering and mothering, giving ownership and opportunity to the next generation. And, and man, that means that some of us need to give up control, that you might need to hand off responsibility to the next generation, but also giving them authority, not just things to do, but the authority to, uh, to lay hold of the kingdom of God, to move it forward, to make decisions, 
to be leaders. And uh, I just, one of the main emphasis in my life is that I know when you deal with people, it's like mining for gold. And when you're in the mine, man, you get all full of ash and dust. And that's what it's like being around people, right? It can, it can get gross. It can get inside of you and it can be dirty work. And, um, but every once in a while when you're, you know, tapping on the wall and you're, you're reaching people and you're helping people and you're working with somebody that you feel like could be a lost cause. And all of a sudden, you know, you say something and it kind of resonates and a little piece of gold shimmers through the darkness. And, uh, and you see something in that person that you never saw before. You realize how God has gifted that person in a way that you've never seen before. And all of a sudden you stop seeing people for the dust and the grime and the labor of making disciples. And you start to see that within every human being, God has put gold. And we know that's true because every single human is made in the image of God. And our job is not to call out all the things that are wrong with the people around us. Our job is to call out the gold inside of each and every person that encounters our lives. And if you want to win the next generation, stop telling them all the things that's wrong with that next generation, all the things that they need to do like what you did, and start just looking at them as a person, as someone made in the Imago Dei image of God, and call out the gold that God has placed within them. And, uh, and that person will entrust you entrust themselves to your care, and you'll see them come alive when they start to realize that God has made them for a purpose. And so I want to encourage you, it is worth the fight. It's not easy. Uh, it's worth the time. It's worth the effort. Uh, I want to encourage those of you that are discouraged today to persevere in your faith, persevere in leading other people. Uh, it's worth the battle. And I know this is true because when Jesus said, hey, uh, I'm 30 years old and now I'm going to lead 12 people and they're going to change the world. He picked young adults and, uh, and he discipled them. He invested his life. He taught them to transform their community. He cared deeply for them. And uh, after he died, when he was gone, they went to the nations and the church was born. And it exists and it stands strong today uh, because of some young adults who went all in on the calling that Jesus had for their lives. And so let's go and do likewise. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. God bless you as you go. Let me pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you for every leader and every young adult. God, I ask that now, Lord, you would empower them. You'd give them wisdom. You'd help them realize how you've equipped them. And God, you'd send them out. You'd mobilize them as members of your kingdom. And Lord, that even because of this conference, we would see a world impacted and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen.